Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. Last, I think it was last weekend, Annette and I, was it last weekend? Man, time goes, did we go to Vegas last weekend? Was that what it was? On Sunday, we took, right after church, we took off Sunday and we went to Las Vegas because we had some really good friends of ours that were celebrating their 40th wedding anniversary and we wanted to go to Vegas to help celebrate uh, their anniversary. So we got there Sunday, we got there in time that we were going to actually, that was their anniversaries on Sunday. We didn't want them to spend it alone, so we got there and the traffic was good and, and, and we wanted to go have dinner with them. And so we were in the Bellagio Hotel looking at different things and and uh, Debbie, who was uh, good friends, she said, I want a steak dinner. So we said, okay, well, let's go find a place uh, for a steak dinner. We didn't realize the Grammys were happening at the same time. So everything is busy and everything's going on. And we happened to find a reservation. So we booked it real quick. And we went to this restaurant there in the Bellagio for a steak dinner. And when I walked into the restaurant, I realized that I'm, I'm walking into a a, a, a yeah, a restaurant that was going to cost me some money. But these are our good friends, and so we're going to spend the money. We don't care. And, and so we got there. We sat down. And, and, and then, you know, you got that menu when all of a sudden you're not ordering by the plate. You're ordering by the item. And so and then I'm like, okay, well, we're going to order by the item. And, and uh, you know, you can't just skimp when you're on a nice dinner. You've got to be able to, you know. But we, 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 I think you had the salmon. I had the chicken. It's a steakhouse. But the steak was, whoo, okay, I don't want to do that quite yet. And, and then we get the mashed potatoes. And one, this one side of mashed potatoes was 20 bucks. And I thought, well, that's nice, some mashed potatoes. They better be good. They were. They're the creamiest mashed potatoes I've ever had. So they were really, really good. And we celebrated that dinner. And it was a lot of fun. And, and in the midst of that, I was kind of just thinking, man, I wish right now I was at Salt Creek Grill. <laughs> Where I have my plate, my one price for the whole plate. It comes with everything. The New York steak, the coffee-crusted New York steak. A little bit of blue cheese on top. And then it's in this bourbon caramel sauce. And it's on a bed of mashed potatoes. And I mean, I literally, if I could lick the plate, I would lick the plate because it has so much flavor. I love it. And it's one of my favorite restaurants. It's a, it's a go-to place when we have a birthday or anniversary. We, we, I, and I love that steak. And it's just like, oh, it's so, so good. Am I getting you hungry yet? For just a moment, think of your favorite meal. Think of your favorite restaurant. Think of the favorite thing on the menu that you enjoy. You know, I can explain my favorite meal and try to explain it in words. But you really will never understand what I'm talking about until you go to the Salt Creek Grill, which I'm sure you're all going to go this week. I'm not getting any cut on that. I wish I was. But, and you go try that New York steak for yourself. When you experience it for yourself, all of a sudden you're going to go, oh, wow, that is so good. David in Psalms 34 describes the Lord from a viewpoint of someone who needs to be experienced. A person can tell you about God, but until you experience God firsthand, you won't really grasp the power or the love of God for yourself. David states it this way in Psalms 34, verse 8. He says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. David had an experience by, with God's goodness 
firsthand. It's one thing to describe God. It's another thing to taste and see that the Lord is good. See, David understood God's anointing when he stood up and faced Goliath. When everybody was else was standing in fear, no one else wanted to all of a sudden face this uncircumcised Philistine. And yet David, as a young shepherd boy, said, I will face that giant. Why? Because he felt the anointing of God upon his life. You see, David knew God's protection. When King Saul was trying to kill him each and every day, multiple times, he recognized that God's protection, God's hand was upon his life. David felt God's comfort. When all the worries of the world started crashing down upon him and all of a sudden he starts to get discouraged, all of, God, all of a sudden God's presence comes into his life and it encourages him. David experienced God's forgiveness after his tragic decisions with Bathsheba. As he falls into sin, as he gets lost into a, in a direction that he should have never went, there God was to restore him and bring him back. He recognized God's Forgiveness. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Time and time again, David had a personal experience with the Lord. It went beyond description that's found on some type of a menu. It was a full-blown experience. It reminds me that there is no adequate way to explain Jesus to someone. We can talk about his goodness. We can, we, we can try to describe Jesus' love. But unless a person experiences Jesus' love and Jesus' goodness firsthand, they won't really truly understand what we're trying to share. We live in a culture today where people aren't looking for an explanation. People are looking for an experience. People need to experience Jesus. As a church, it's not our mission to convince people. Our objective is to create an environment where people will experience the goodness of God for themselves. We can't try to twist our arms for, on people. We can't try to force people. What we have to do is we have to allow people to experience God's goodness and his love for themselves. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Someone, can tell me, someone could have told me, about that coffee-crusted New York steak at Salt Creek Grill. And you guys have heard me share that's my favorite before. Someone could share that with me, but until I tasted it for myself, I would have never really truly understood. And I want to read a story for you today. It's found in the Gospel of John. It starts in chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 34. We're going to read quite a bit of Scripture today. We're going to go through verse 50. And it's an account of the first disciples who chose to follow Jesus. And before we begin, let me clarify, the Gospel of John was written by the disciple John. But as we read this story, you're going to hear about another John, who is John the Baptist. And it's important that you just kind of understand this clarification that these are two different people. But let's start at verse 35. And remember, this is the account as Jesus Except for, and he's starting his ministry, and all of a sudden, he's starting to gather his disciples. Verse 35. The following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, Look, there is the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want, he asked them. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went 
with him to the place where he was staying, and they remained with him the rest of the day. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, Your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip, and he said to him, Come, follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew in Peter's hometown. Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, We have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus. He is the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathanael. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see for yourself, Philip replied. As they approached, Jesus said, Now here is a genuine son of Israel. He's talking about Nathanael. Here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. How do you know about me, Nathanael asked. Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Then Nathanael exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. I love that part because Nathanael had a revelation of who God is. Jesus asked him in verse 50, Jesus asked him, do you believe that this just because I told you I had seen you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. As you walk with Jesus, as you spend time with Jesus, as you read his word, as you spend time in your prayer closet praying, you're going to experience Jesus. Experiencing Jesus will change your life. Jesus is the only person that has the power to change your life for all of eternity. It's why it's so important that we as a church invest into the lives of others because we need people experiencing Jesus. Amen? I want to share some thoughts from this story of how we can invest into the lives of others. But before we do, I want to just open just this part after we read God's word in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word. God, let it penetrate our hearts. Let us change us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. First, we have to understand, if we want to understand how to invest in the lives of others, we first have to develop relationships. We have to develop. And I'm an introvert by nature, so this is one of the things that I have to really work on, is to develop relationships. I'm that guy that gets on the plane, and well, I'll sit down, and all of a sudden people start to talk to me. I don't know how to keep moving forward in a conversation. I get nervous about that whole scenario. Because I'm not, I know, Pastor Tom, but why are you preaching? I don't know. Don't, don't ask that question. I don't know why that happens. It just happens, okay? God said, you're going to do this. Okay, I'll do this. But my nature naturally is an introvert. Once I know you, I do great. But you know what? One of the things that Pastor Tom needs to learn how to do is build greater relationships. One of the things that we all have to do is build greater relationships. And sometimes we miss this part of the equation. It's important that we have a relationship with people as we invite them to follow Jesus. Look at verses 35 and 37 again. And I encourage you just to leave your Bible's open to this passage of Scripture because I'm going to be referring back and forth to it all throughout my message. It says in verse 35, The following day, John was again standing with his two disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, Look, the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. 
Notice that John the Baptist already had relationship with the two men that followed Jesus. They were actually his disciples. They had relationship with him. So when John said, look, there is the Lamb of God, John's two disciples, they didn't even hesitate. They immediately took off and they started following Jesus. Now, do you think these two would have followed Jesus if John hadn't had relationship with them? There's no way. They didn't even know that Jesus was the Lamb of God until John made that announcement. He said, look, the Lamb of God. But see, because of the relationship with John, because they were his disciples, John had been pouring into their lives. John had been sharing with them about this man named Jesus. John already had prepared the way. So when they met Jesus, they were ready to follow. He had built a relationship with them. See, I believe John's relationship with his disciples played a crucial factor in them following Jesus. John had made an investment. Catch this next sentence. We should never underestimate the power of relationship. We should never underestimate what can be done when we just take time to love people. When we take time to serve an Easter egg hunt. When we take time to take a meal to someone who's hurting. When we take time and all of a sudden we see someone that's begging. And all of a sudden, instead of just driving by, even though we don't know what the situation, even though they might be living in a million dollar house, we don't know. But maybe they're not. And maybe that's real. And maybe it's a situation that they just need someone to stop and say, hey, I love you. Here's some money. Invest it well in your life. You see, there's something powerful that takes place when we're willing to build relationships with others. We should never underestimate the power of relationship. Now, this doesn't mean that we go and build relationships for the sole purpose of selling an agenda. That's a total turnoff. We as followers of Jesus should should build relationships because we love people. That's why we build relationships. I dislike the tactic that's called bait and switch. And some of you experienced that before, where all of a sudden someone you're, you're building a friendship, or or like at a at a, someone trying to sell you something. Oh man, man, you look so, and they're just telling you all these things that make you build you up, and then all of a sudden they switch it over to a sales deal. When I was younger, a couple different times, I thought people were building friendships with me. I thought they liked me. One guy asked me out for lunch. I thought this is great. I'm going to lunch with someone. This was back in college days. One, one time, Annette and I were invited over for dinner at a, at a friend. Boy, that's great. They're inviting us over for dinner. And, and some of you younger people are not going to catch this next statement. But some of you older people are going to follow along, right along with me. When I arrived, all of a sudden, I, just, I found out that I'm at an Amway dinner. <laughs> Yay! And I, by the laughter, I know some of you are caught in that same thing. And it's not that Amway is not a good product. Amway is actually a really good product. But you know what? After I had that experience, I didn't really like Amway. Why? Because there was a bait and switch in there. And all of a sudden, instead of the person really liking me, all they were trying to do is sell me a product. Turn off. Big time. We cannot be that as a church. We must genuinely love people. We must genuinely give to people. We must genuinely be willing to pour out our hearts to people. Not to sell an agenda. That's why people are disappointed with the church. I'm just telling you the honest truth. In no way should Jesus ever become a product. 
Christianity can never become a product that we are selling. selling. Christianity must be about a relationship that we are building with Jesus. It's why some people are turned off. Because some churches make Jesus into a product. And I'm not saying, that's a very small percentage of churches. Instead of a person in who we can have a relationship. I've watched people chase after prosperity. I've watched people chase after healings. And catch this, and never find Jesus. I've watched people, hey, you know, TV programs. Man, if you step out in faith and give this money, there is a miracle coming your way. Jesus is now a product. Did you catch that? If you, if you just, guess what? There is healing coming your way. If you just put this, Jesus is now a product. Jesus is never meant to be a product. Jesus is a person. He is our King of kings and our Lord of lords, and he wants relationship with you. Now, can Jesus heal your body? Absolutely. 100%. Can Jesus supply all of your needs? Absolutely. 100%. But Jesus is not a product to be used. Jesus is a person who loves you and desires relationship with you. Revelation chapter 3 describes our relationship with Jesus in this way. Verse 20. Look, I stand at the door and knock. Jesus' words. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. And we will share a meal together as friends. Wow. Did you catch that? There is nothing about that where Jesus is a product. It has everything to do that Jesus is a person who wants a relationship with you. You might have been sold a product, but I'm here to tell you today, and this is a word for someone here today. You have seen the church as a product that's trying to sell you. I'm telling you today, you need to find Jesus, the person, because he will change your life. He will change your life. As followers of Jesus, we are called to make disciples, meaning that we are called to build relationships for the purpose of loving others with God's love. As we do so, people will discover Jesus, not as a product, but as a person to be known. Let's build relationships by loving people. Another way we invest into people's lives is by sharing the truth about Jesus. John the Baptist had already been sharing about the arrival of the Messiah, a person who had the power to take away the sins of the world. So when John said, behold, the Lamb of God, John's disciples knew, hey, that is Jesus, and they followed. If you have a friendship with Jesus, you don't need to force a conversation about Jesus. I'm going to say it again. If you have a friendship with Jesus, you don't need to force the conversation about Jesus. It will just naturally come about. The Holy Spirit will open up that door. Your faith, oh, I'll, I'm, I'm going to just say this is so good, and I wrote it. I'm so sorry, but I'm just going to say it. So your faith shouldn't blindside people. Your faith should be visible to people. If your faith is blindsiding people, there's something wrong. It shouldn't blindside people. Your faith should be visible for all to see. Scripture states that we are the light in the darkness. We're not sometimes on, sometimes we're the light. 24-7. Because Jesus, see, if we're the light, sometimes on, sometimes off, that means Jesus comes in and out of our lives. Eh, well, sometimes he's here, sometimes he's not. Some, no, 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 no. If you're a follower of Christ, he's there 100%, 100% of the time. And you are the light of the world because Jesus lives within you. 
our love for Jesus should naturally shine through us. I believe many truths must first be seen before it will be heard. Many truths will need to be first seen before they're heard. For example, if you've known someone for several years and you invite them to church, it shouldn't take them by surprise. Your faith and commitment to Jesus should have already been seen. They should see those posts on Facebook, on those posts on Instagram, serving at my, my, the Easter egg hunt at my church at South Coast Christian. God did a miracle in my life. Why not be visible? Why not be seen? Why not share God's goodness? Why not let the testimony come out where, where people all of a sudden, they, you invite them or you, they go, yeah, I was expecting that. Not in a bad way, but hey, I'd like to ask you more about this relationship that you have with Jesus. Because it doesn't surprise them because your life is so transparent. And Jesus is shining through your life. See, if your life is transparent, I, and my wife and I, she works a secular job. She really works in a secular job. <laughs> and at times, you know, there's things that go along. It's just like, but you know what's interesting? She usually sits up towards the front in her office. And she's shared with me, there's times when people are really in need. And they're really having troubles. And there's really a struggle in their life. You know where they end up landing? At her desk in the front. And they all of a sudden just start to share. And then that just kind of listens. Why do they share because they, there's something different about Annette. There's a light shining through her life. There's not this darkness. There's just a light. And they have this, this, this comfortability to come to her and just to share. Can you pray with me? Can you share something? And she shares a word and they walk away encouraged. Why? Because they've gotten a little touch of Jesus. See, Jesus see, people see Jesus in us. And we need to understand that. So our Facebook posts, our Instagram, man, they should, they should share about the love of God. We share the truth about Jesus by displaying the truth through our lives. Leads me to our next step of inviting people to come and see. There are four examples within this passage of Scripture that we see of how Jesus invited people to come and see. The first one is found in verse 38. When the two disciples of John asked Jesus, where are you staying? Jesus responded, come and see. Come, come and see. Jesus, in, what was Jesus doing in that point? He was inviting them into relationship. They already had started following Jesus. They just needed the permission to continue the journey. They were already following Jesus. They just needed permission to continue the journey. There are already some people following you. All you need to do is give them permission to come on your journey with you. Follow me as I follow Christ, Paul says. There's times in our life we already have some people. All we have to do is give them permission. Sometimes we cowered away from it. We don't want to embarrass ourselves. We, maybe what you just need to do is step out in faith. In fact, I see guests here today that came because they were invited to come to church. Yeah. Come and see. Jesus was inviting them to come and see. Do you know I recently read this statistic that said 35% of those who are not following Christ or are unbelievers would go to church or go to a worship service if they were invited by a friend. Amazing stat. We find another example of an invitation in verse 41 where Andrew was the one of the two men who followed Jesus 
And then he went to go find his brother Simon. In this instance, Andrew doesn't say, come and see. He states in verse 42, he says, Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. The Greek word that is translated there is, is lead or guide or bring. It carries this idea of laying hold of something and bringing it. And I, I can kind of picture of like having a dog on a leash. And have you ever seen those Instagram videos or, where all of a sudden the dog is done and he no longer wants to walk and so the lady is just dragging him along the grocery store floor and he's all on fours like this and she's just dragging him by the leash? This is what I'm seeing that all of a sudden Andrew is being dragged to Jesus. He doesn't have a choice. He's just being taken to Jesus. And I share that because there's times where our relationship with someone is so close that we can skip the asking and we can just say, you need to come with me. Okay, I'm not getting a lot of amens here, so we're going to keep on going here. Let me put it this way. If you had a friend that cut off his finger and you're with him, Oh, it'll be okay. Don't worry about it. It's going it's to be fine. Don't, don't worry about it. Here, I'll, I got a Band-Aid in here. Don't. No. What are you going to do? You're going to take your friend straight to the hospital. You're not going to wait for him to give you permission to take him to the hospital. You're going to say, get in the car. We're going to the hospital. You're taking your friend to the person who can reattach that finger to his hand. There's times in our life we need to take our friends to Jesus. Because Jesus can save a person's soul. Instead of committing suicide. You know how many testimonies I've heard where people were just in, the, just in a moment of ready to commit suicide. All of a sudden a friend called, hey, just thinking about you. Can we get together? And that friend is bringing him to Jesus. See, it's why it's so important that we're sensitive to the spirit of God. When the spirit of God touches us and says, hey, you need to, we need to reach out. Because we're bringing our friends to Jesus. Some friends that we're close to, we don't need to ask permission. We just say, you're coming with me. You're coming with me. You need help. I love the story of the four friends that bring the paralyzed man to Jesus. You know the story, Mark chapter 2. And all of a sudden, you know, I love the story because it doesn't seem like they asked a lot of permissions. They get to where Jesus is at, and there's such a huge crowd, they can't get their, the paralyzed man to Jesus. So they don't seem to ask permission. They just start digging a hole in the roof of this person's house so that they can lower this man. They don't mean, it doesn't seem like they even ask permission for the paralytic man. I started thinking about, I don't know how much I'd be comfortable if I'm paralyzed being lowered by four ropes down to see Jesus. But see, they don't care. Their friend needed to see Jesus. They needed to experience Jesus firsthand. It wasn't enough just to be told about Jesus. He needed to experience Jesus. And in that moment, not only was he healed, he was forgiven of his sins. He was set free. God did a miraculous work. God can do miraculous works in people's lives when we're willing to step out in faith and put our trust in, in him. The third example of an invitation with a passage is found in verse 43. It happened the next day when Jesus goes to Galilee and runs into Philip. And Jesus tells Philip, come, follow me. And this was more than just an invite. This was more of a statement that carried authority. In the Greek, that come, follow me is way more powerful than come and see. It's like, hey, come follow me. Philip, 
come follow me. And it's interesting to me to see how God works in different ways. Where some come and see, and then Jesus goes out of his way to find Philip and says, come follow me. See, we all come to Christ in different ways. We all, we, I was talking to a gentleman last night at the Orange County Rescue Mission. I had the privilege of being able to share him. And I was at the rescue mission, and this, after I shared, this man came to me, and he started, because I was talking about the ability, the, the need for each and every one of us to have a divine revelation from God. And he started talking to me about his journey. He was probably a man of 60. And he said, and he just talks about this long journey of all the different things that he had to go through, all the different things that he had to walk through. I'm finally coming to Orange County Rescue Mission where he knelt right in front of a cross and gave his heart to Jesus. And I shared with him, I said, you know, the older I get, I don't think it's so much about all the different things that we have in this world, all the different things. I said, the one thing that God just really cares about for each and every one of us is that we meet him at the cross. We need to have an experience with Jesus. We can't just hear the good words. We can't just, we need to have our own first-hand experience. We need to have a, a revelation of who Jesus is. To Philip's, going back to the story of Philip, to Philip's credit, when Jesus says, come follow me, he followed him. The last example of, of an invitation happens in verses 45 and 50. Brett just stepped up, so I know i got to start finishing. Good job, bud. Philip goes and looks for Nathaniel and tells him, we have the Messiah. His name is Jesus. And Nathaniel replies, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And this basically refers to that Nazareth. The Jews really didn't like Nazareth. They thought it was kind of a lower class thing. A lot of sin probably happened there or whatever else. It probably never really did. They just, you know, we judge things wrongly. I think a lot of that has to do with that. But Philip responded. When, 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 his, when, when Nathaniel said, can anything could good come out of Nazareth, Philip responded, come and see for yourself. Come and see. Again, we see the invitation to come and see. Experience Jesus for yourself. When they approach Jesus, Jesus reads Nathaniel's mail. I love that story. Jesus looks right into Nathaniel's heart and he says, man, here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. It doesn't mean that he, he, he didn't have sin, that, there was ne- that he had never sinned or anything like that. But he was a a man of integrity. He was a Jewish man that was trying to do his very best to, to follow God's ways. And man, when Nathaniel heard that, it broke him. Jesus goes on to say, I can see you're the fig tree before Philip found you. And Nathaniel all of a sudden responds, you are the son of God. People need to experience the revelation of Jesus for themselves. I know I said my final thought, but here's my final thought. In this passage of Scripture, you'll notice that each person who followed Jesus had a unique story. And it just reminds us that we all come to Jesus differently. Some were told, come and see. Some were brought to Jesus. Philip was told by Jesus himself, come, follow me. But the goal of each encounter was for people to experience Jesus. Our goal as a church is help is to help others experience Jesus. If you think your story doesn't matter, I'm here to tell you it matters. Your story, the way that you came to Christ, the way that you came to that altar before Jesus and said, forgive me, Lord, for I have sinned. And the way you surrendered your life to Jesus, it matters. It not only matters to God, 
it matters to others. The goal, and you can just think about this thought. The goal for your life is to be intertwined into someone else's story. The goal of your life is to be intertwined into someone else's story. My mom loved quilts. Anybody know what quilts? Back in the day when we were younger in church, they actually had, I don't know what they called them, they used to go, is it called quilting? That's what it called, quilting, where they actually take the needles and they start quilting. I don't know that's how much I know about it, but I knew my mom loved quilts. The interesting thing about a quilt is I remember some of the ladies would take different patches of materials from all different things and they'd bring them all together in one blanket. They'd quilt them together. And I see our lives kind of in that same reflection. Where our lives should be so intertwined with everybody else's lives that when someday when we get to heaven, we see this big, huge quilt of people that we have touched. Where God has used our story to touch the lives of someone else's story. We become involved in their story because we brought them to Jesus. That's our, that's our goal. Never underestimate the power of your story. God will use the invitation for others to come and see. And through your story, this is key, through your story, you will actually find your story by sharing your story in a greater way. The first step in sharing your story is understanding your story matters to God. Understanding this allows you to freely share God's love to others. Today, I want to create an environment where people can experience Jesus for themselves. And uh, I, I saw this the other day. I thought, this is so cool. And so I came to Allie. Thank you, Allie. She got these printed up for us this Sunday. This is not something for you to turn in. This is for you. And you can take it home. You can spend some time today. But what I want you to do is I want you to take a time. What story do I need to be intertwined with? What story do I need to be connected to? What person do I need to write their name down? Because I know that they need to experience Jesus for themselves. Not just to be told about Jesus, but to experience the person of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that your word is powerful, it is effective, and it changes lives. But your word, Lord God, the Holy Spirit inside our lives is what impacts us in such a great way. And I pray today, Lord, for people who are here that maybe have never experienced you firsthand. Maybe you're watching online today. You've never experienced the power and the love of Jesus firsthand. And I believe that God is calling you. If you knock at the door, He is there. He will open that door and you can come and dine with Him. All it is is, is is just a step of faith to say, you know what, Jesus, I need to experience you for myself. I've heard a lot about you. I thought I was following you. But you know what? You're never going to go on the coattails of your parents. You're never going to go on the coattails of your grandparents. You're never going to go on the coattail of a friend. you got to experience Jesus for yourself. And if you're here today and you need to experience Jesus for yourself, I want to say this prayer, and I want you to say this prayer after me. If you're watching online, if you're in the audience right now with us, I want your heart to jump out just out of your skin and say, yeah, that's me. I need to to experience Jesus for myself, and I want us all to say this prayer. And if you're a person here that needs to say this prayer, I want you to say it 
with all your heart. Everybody join me today. Lord Jesus, I need to experience you. Today, I choose to follow you. Set me free from my sins. Help me to do what is right. Lord, give me the power of your Holy Spirit. I pray today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God is so good. He is so faithful. And He loves you. If you don't know that, if you're watching this online, if He loves you. He wants to have relate. He is not a product. He is a person who do have a relationship with you. This week, spend some time with Jesus. During Palm Sunday as we walk up to Easter, spend some time in getting to read God's words. Spend some time in prayer. And take the time to go to your friends. Share about Jesus. Let them see who Jesus is in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.